Welcome to this podcast by City Point Church, Redcliffe. We are so happy you could join us and pray that the following message will encourage and empower you. Well, I want to share a message with you tonight called Positioned for Miracles. Positioned for Miracles. I loved hearing that testimony from Pastor Chardon and Jasmine uh, because I just see, man, what a miraculous story. What an incredible story. You know, the Bible uh, teaches us in Romans 8, 10 to 11, it says this, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. I want to let you know tonight, church, that we, we aren't called as Christians to just live a normal, natural life. If you're a guest tonight, and maybe you're just checking out church, I want to let you know that Christianity is not boring. It is a roller coaster ride. It is the ride of your life. It is incredible. I want to let you know tonight that we are actually called to a supernatural life. A life that extends beyond the norm. It extends beyond just the natural so many people just like, oh, when I see it, I'll believe it. But the Lord wants people that say, I'm going to believe it before I ever see it. He wants people that will partner with His presence, His Spirit, and say, Lord, I want to believe for the greater things that You want to bring. We launched a series at City Edge this morning called As in Heaven. And, uh, and I was just sharing this morning on how the fact that God wants to bring heaven to earth in people's lives. He wants to awaken something incredible. And I feel even now, just big C church globally, God wants to awaken something fresh and powerful in the access of the Holy Spirit again. The move of God again. But He wants His people positioned for a miracle. We are called to this. I love if you can turn with me to to 2 Kings chapter 4 verses 1 to 7. I want to share about a story from Elisha. This is a powerful story. Speaks so much to us today about how we're called to position ourselves. But it says this, One day, the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, My husband who served you is dead. And you know he feared the Lord, but now a creditor has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. What can I do to help you, Elisha asked. Tell me, what do you have in the house? Nothing at all except a flask of olive oil, she replied. And Elisha said, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and then shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from the flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her, and she filled one after another. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. And uh, they called out because they were southern. They ain't no more. And, uh, and so, so they stopped. And uh, then the olive oil stopped flowing. When she, she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, Now sell the olive oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on the rest. Something I want to tell you tonight, something that I believe that God absolutely loves doing in our lives as Christians, He loves to do in our lives is this. He loves to use what you already have. 
He loves to use what's already in your hand, what's already in your life. See, this woman, she is in a desperate need. How many know that, that you know, ever heard of, you know, when, when there's a married couple, there's always one who's the treasurer in the home that kind of take care of the books and pay the bills? That was dad in this situation. She had no idea what was going on when it came to the money. He had racked up all these debts, clearly. He was a prophet, but probably not that great with money. And, uh, and so she's stuck with the bill. She's left behind with this huge bill. And, and kind of in these days, you kind of can get on a payment plan. You can sort it out. In those days, creditors came and took your sons into slavery. How I many know that's desperate? She's in desperate need. And so she comes to the man of God, the prophet. All right, in those days, the Spirit of the Lord rested on the prophet. We live in a a New Testament age where the Spirit of the Lord lives in us. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. And we see here, she goes to the man of God and and, and she, she prays the great prayer. That we all pray sometimes. She comes and goes, please help me. Lord, I need help. I'm desperate. See, tonight I want to I wanna let you know that sometimes we can get in those moments in our lives. We've kind of exhausted everything. We've kind of done all that we can do. And we're in a place where we've spent all our money, spent all our energy, spent all that we have. And all that's left is just that little bit. And I want to tell you right now that even though you may think, man, it's all over. But the Lord says to you tonight that I can use even the smallest seed. I can use even the, the little that's in your life, the little finance, the little energy, the, the little time that you have, the little resources, the, the small, the gift that you think is so small and insignificant. The Lord says, it's not insignificant to me. I can use even the little seed that's in your life. I just need something to work with. I need something to get a hold of. See, what God wants us all to realize that whatever's in your hand is useful to God. It's useful to God. And God has a natural part for us to play. Sometimes when it comes to miracles, people can be like, God, you just got to do it all. You just got to make it happen. Just make it happen. The Lord says, no, no, I got a part for you in this. I got a part for you to play. I got, I got something that you need to do as well. And, and so God even doesn't look at anything and sees it as small because he can multiply, he can move, he, can, he, can, he, he joins the natural with his supernatural. And I love this picture, is that God is always looking for something tangible to, to work with. You know, when he created Adam in Genesis, and we read, as he created Adam, he created him from the dust of the earth, and, he, and there was form of this body that laid in front of him. But there was no power until he breathed life. He breathed his spirit into him, and he came to life. In Ezekiel 47, uh, some of us may know and some may not, but the, the story of the valley of the dry bones. And we see in this picture, actually Ezekiel 37, and uh, we see in this picture that Ezekiel, a prophet, God shows him this vision of all these skeletons, uh, these bones all scattered in a valley. And God says, I want you to prophesy to the bones. He prophesies the bones. The bones all rattle and clang and come together. And then there's all these skeletons all over this, this valley. And he says, now I want you to prophesy to the flesh. 
speak to the flesh. So he prophesies to the flesh. And I want you to imagine right now, there's, there's these, these, the flesh, the muscles, the, the skin comes on these bodies. And there's all this vast army laying out on the ground, but they're just bodies. But he says then, I want you to prophesy to the wind. I want you to prophesy to life, to the Spirit. So he prophesies to the wind, to the Spirit. And it's not until what is natural connects with the supernatural, they jump up there on their feet ready to fight, ready to, ready to move as an army. I love this picture because it shows us that God just, just wants something to work with. And he asks this question to everyone tonight. What do you have in your hand right now? What do you have in your life right now? Maybe you're, you're running a small business and maybe, maybe you might be looking at the books and you're a month away from maybe even looking at closing the doors. And the Lord says, I've got something in your hand right now that I want to use. There's something in your hand. The Lord wants to encourage you tonight to know that, hey, don't let go. When God wants to breathe life, you can't call something dead when He means to resurrect it. When He need, means to bring life back to it again. Maybe it's a marriage today. Maybe it's a marriage that says, man, I don't know how this is going to live. I don't know what God is going to do. But man, all it takes is just two people that are prepared. Husband, wife to say, man, all we got is this small seed. All we got is this little bit left in our marriage. And the Lord says, I can work with that. I can work with what you've got. If you're prepared to take a step toward me, I can connect my supernatural with your natural. I love the story in Matthew 14 of the, of the feeding of the 5,000. Such a great story. We see Jesus is out all day. He's ministering. He's healing. He's preaching. He's casting out demons. I mean, it's an incredible day of ministry. But the Bible says there's 5,000 men, which doesn't include women and children. So in essence, there's 15,000 people that have come out to see Jesus. Now, at the end of the day, the disciples come to Jesus and say, Hey, hey, Jesus, we got to let these people go to the towns and villages. They're going to get something to eat. It's nearly dark here. And he's like, and he, and he has a moment where he just looks at them and says, No, you don't. You give them something to eat. I mean, you know, there were many times with the disciples that I love to call head-scratching moments. Just sitting there and just going, what? 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 There's 15,000 people here. Some guy, you know, you know, Peter reaches in his pocket. He pulls out, you know, a half-eaten packet of Tic Tacs. Someone else, one of the other guys, Thomas, has like got a half-eaten donut in his hand. He's like, man, we ain't got nothing. I don't know where, where you think we're getting this food from. But Jesus just leaves them with it. So they're like, all right, let's go and see if there's some food out there. So they go out and they, and they find this little boy with his five loaves and two fish. And I love this because, I love this kid because this, this kid, he came prepared. This guy, he's a good steward. He's smart. He thinks ahead. Like, and he's like, man, I, I came ready. I came ready for the ministry that was happening all day. Not only did I bring lunch, but I brought dinner. I don't know about all you 15,000 people, but I came prepared. And see, he's sitting there, and he's, I think he's kind of about to cook, make a fire and cook up some fish. And then the disciples come and say, hey, buddy, how you going? That's some nice dinner you got there. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's really good. I caught these fish myself. It's great, buddy. That's awesome. 
hey, just want to let you know, Jesus wants your dinner. It's like, what? Yeah, Jesus wants your dinner. Are you cool? It's like, this is my dinner. I, I don't want to. I don't want to part with my dinner, man. I, seriously, I just brought this. And, and I love this, is that this moment, this boy, he makes a decision in his life. Because in his hand, he could probably have fed him and maybe four or five other people. Because in his hand, it was dinner. But when he released it, when he gave it, it suddenly became seed in the hands of a supernatural God. In his hand, dinner. But in the hands of Jesus, it's seed to multiply for a miracle. This boy positioned himself for a miracle. He took what he had and he said, Jesus, you can take my dinner. Here, have it all. He, he lets it go. And then Jesus blesses, breaks it. He sends it out into the crowd through the disciples. Man, everyone eats and is full and they take up 12 basketfuls of leftovers. I can just see one of the disciples going back up to this boy and going, hey, mate, you know how you gave up your dinner and you still got to eat? Here's a basket of food. You can take that home to your family. This is more than what you gave. This is more than what you gave up. See, God wants to partner with what we have. He wants to use what's in our lives. All we need is to mix it with faith. To say, God, if you can use this seed, I'm prepared to give it. I'm prepared to let it go. Second thing here is that miracles are in the faith zone. Miracles happen in the faith zone. The prophet said to this woman and her sons, I want you to go out and I want you to find every jar, every vase, every bucket you can find in your neighborhood. And I want you to fill your house with this stuff. So they go out, man, they're knocking on doors. They're borrowing vases. They're, man, one of the boys, he goes and rips the birdbath off some guy's front lawn. It, I mean, they're going everywhere. They're rolling 44-gallon drums down the road just to bring inside the house. So they've got vessels to work with. They've got something to work with, something tangible. How many of you know that God can move spiritually even on the natural, most natural things? They go out and they act on the Word. And then they come back and the, the prophet is very clear. He says, I want you to shut the door behind you. See, there's something powerful about being able to come into the faith zone. Faith needs space. It needs space in our lives. It needs space in our thinking. It needs space in our world. It needs space in our words. It needs space in our actions. Faith needs a space. And oftentimes, Old Testament pictures look and speak to what we need to do spiritually in our lives today. And so what she does is she shuts out the negativity. She shuts out the outside and oppositional opinion. See, when she closed that door, there's no passers-by walking past and going, what are you guys doing? What's going on? What's all these buckets doing in your house? What's happening? Oh, God's never going to do that. That's not going to happen. What the, what the prophet said, I want, you to, I want you to close out that oppositional thought. Not only that, God wants to close the door to our past. Because the devil likes to use pictures and stories and things from our past to tell us that God can't move today. That God, oh, God's not going to do that because He didn't move in this situation. 
that didn't happen there. Oh, remember when that was supposed to happen this way and it didn't happen that way? No, I want to let you know right now, God wants you to close the door to that past. Because faith is about today. Faith is about what God is about to do in this moment. And we've got to come into that space. And I believe that many of us need to look at this and say, Lord, it's not like I'm shutting people out of my life. No, no, I'm staying in this place of faith. Regardless of what I hear and the noise that's going on around me, I'm staying locked in, in my heart, in my mind, and I'm holding on to the promise that God said that I would get a miracle. That God said that I would see this situation shift. I could see the miracle in healing in my body. I can see the business breakthrough. I can see my marriage made whole. I can see my children who are wayward from God come back again. Whatever the situation is, the Lord says, come on, I want you to hold on to me. I want you to shut out those negative things. I want you to shut out the stuff that tries to push oppositionally against what God's trying to bring and get to us. Amen. God has more. So much more. But miracles happen in the faith zone. The final thing I see here is that miracle, and the miracle is also for others. And I see this woman, she's done everything the prophet said. She's been obedient. The sons have been obedient. And so she takes this little vase of oil, olive oil. And I can see her like this. This is my picture of it, but I can see her just closing her eyes praying a quick prayer just saying all right bring me the first jar bring me the first jar and she just starts to pour and she's like you know when you're pouring something you remember you're pouring out drinks for someone like a group of people and you, you know how you just start pouring it's like just keep bringing the cups like keep, keep bringing the cups underneath this is her she's said, I don't want to tip this jar back I I don't want to tip this jar back this thing is going to keep on pouring so you keep bringing those vases you keep bringing those buckets because I'm going to stay like this keeping on pouring and so she stays in this place where the supernatural miracle starts to flow that oil is just flowing it's an endless flow man David Copperfield eat your heart out this is incredible suddenly this woman there's this endless flow coming out because God can do the miraculous he can do even the things that we thought could not happen so she's pouring away and the, the, the vases, the jars, the buckets completely get filled right to the last one. And so they bring that last one to her and she keeps on pouring. And once it's finished, once every vase is filled, then the oil stops flowing. But I want to let you know right in that moment, that wasn't, that wasn't the end of the miracle. Because it went from natural that they went out and did something with what they had. They made room in faith for the supernatural, but then it kicked back into the natural again. So they had to go back out and take that oil to the market and they sold it all. Came back and they, they, they paid off all their debts and then they lived off the rest. How powerful is that? That miracle multiplied beyond what they could ever imagine. See, the beauty of this is, is that oil, when they went to the market, I can just see the story begin to spread. Something began to resound in that whole community. As they went out and said, man, we thought your sons were going to be slaves, but now you're selling all this oil. What is happening? What is happening? 
what is going on as they sell this oil people are going home with their little little you know bucket of oil and they, they're walking home going man this was a miracle this was a miracle I want to let you know tonight that when God does a miracle in your life it's not to be kept in silence Pastor Sam shared tonight, if, you, if God's moved in your life, hey, we've got to let someone know. We've got we to let the story out. Why? Because it's not, just, it's not about us. Miracles. And when God moves in our lives and meets a need and answers something in our lives, that miracle is to be shared. Why? Because it awakens the wonder of God. It awakens the wonder of who He is. Wayne Grudnam said this statement, Miracles are a less common kind of God's activity in which He arouses people's awe and wonder and bears witness to Himself. Why did Jesus do so many signs and wonders? Because it bore witness to who He was as the Son of God. Church, we live in a culture right now, they've lost their wonder of who God is. They've lost their wonder. They've lost the awe of who God is. But you and I, we're the carriers of His life. We're the carriers of His light. We're the carriers of the Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. It lives in us. And we've got a story to share. One of the greatest stories that we can ever let someone know is your own personal testimony. The story of a life that was once broken, hurting, in pain, in sin. There's a story to that. But finding Christ, finding Jesus, and seeing the transformation of, of a life, that is one of the greatest miracles that you could ever share from your life, is the miracle of a transformed life. Only God can do that. Only Jesus can do that. But you know, there's so many forms of miracles, but it doesn't matter what it is, it's your story tonight, and God doesn't want it to be silent because He wants to awaken the wonder. He wants to awaken belief in Him. And this is what God is trying to do in believers, in others around us, but He's trying to switch people on that are far from Him so that He can draw them closer. He wants to awaken the wonder of God. Miracles are also for others. They're not just for us. We're not called to hide it under a, under a bucket, under a bush. We're called to let the light of what Jesus has done in us, let it shine. Let it shine. You know, years ago, you know, in our, in our church at City Edge, we, uh, we had to had this season where we were moving out of our building we were in and we were moving into a new premises. And, and, uh, and man, it was, it was such a, uh, an intense journey uh, for Kate and I over this time. Uh, you know, we had an 18-month-old little boy. And in that same season, Kate had our, our second child. He was a little newborn baby. We were right in the middle of trying to get this building happening. Uh, we, were, we had five different fronts we were pushing on. We were trying to push on the front of getting a lease signed and getting that negotiated. And that was getting balked and held up. We were trying to get through council. We were trying to get the building certifier on board. Uh, we were trying to see the finances come through and flow through. And also this newborn baby and our family growing. And I've got to tell you, it was like this six-month season of intensity absolute intensity and I remember that that I just knew in that space Lord I gotta stay in the faith zone I gotta stay in the faith zone 
I, I can't get my eyes on all the stuff, all the needs, all the issues, all the what's going on. I, Lord, I've got to come to you. I've got to stand in the awe of who you are and your majesty, your might, your power. Because if I get my eyes off you, I'll, I'll, I'll see the, the issues instead. You know, David said this in Psalm 27 verse 4. He says, says this one thing I desire. This I seek, that I would dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold in your beauty and to inquire in your temple. See, there's something powerful because the Scriptures before talk about how David, he's trying to fight battles. He's got wars going on. He's got issues going on. He's got things that he's got to try and sort out in his life. But he says, hey, putting that to the side, this one thing, this one thing I desire, I'm coming in. I'm not going to forget your power. I'm not going to forget. I'm going to position myself for miracles. And you know, for us in that season, it's kind of a six-month intense season. But staying in that place every day, every day, not just in prayer, not just in the Word, but in worship. That was one of the big keys, to stay in worship, to awaken the wonder and keep that wonder alive inside of our hearts. And see, right at the end, it was like the lease toppled over. It came through. It was awesome. There was the finance came through, uh, the, 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 the building approval. It was right rated right to the end, right to the end. I remember announcing the Sunday before that we were going to move into the building and we were renting a school hall at the time. And, um, and I, I remember in this moment, I was like, we're moving in next week. And you can imagine this. It's like, everyone's like, yeah, cheering. It's incredible. The next day I get this list as long as my arm of rectifications that needed to be made on the building. I'm like, hey, God, you got to move here because we're moving in on Sunday. We're moving in on Sunday. This is happening. And one of the greatest miracles of all, tradesmen were available. They were available. I'm like, God, this is a miracle in itself. They're all available. And they came in and just it all just happened. God just moved. And then I remember Saturday afternoon, the 18th of August in 2012, I'm sitting there with the certifier, three o'clock in the afternoon. I'm like, because this guy, you couldn't read him. It was just like, just nothing. And I'm like, I don't even know how this is going. So we're walking around with, you know, just trying to see if, okay, we met all the needs, if we've done everything. And it came after half an hour, he came to the end, he goes, right. I'm like, what? You're good to go. You're through. You got, you got it happening. And, uh, and he handed me this thing. And I, I, I kid you not, I walked out, I shook his hand, and then I hugged him. He was like, man, this is getting too emotional for me. So he was out. And I spent the next half an hour in this empty building, just walking around and just praising God, saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you are faithful. Thank you for the miracle. Thank you that God, even in the intensity of what was going on, you had the answer. And tonight I want to let you know this, is that no matter what your situation is, God has the answers for you. He wants to, He can move at the smallest little seed for a miracle tonight. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message empowers you to unmistakably influence your world for good and for God. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. We would love to see you at one of our many City Point Church services across Brisbane and the world this Sunday. You can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We're so excited to see you there.